Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, everybody, this was a little last minute, but I'm very, very excited to uh, have my guest on today. I'm going to read from an article real quick and we'll get rock and roll, rock and rolling. Allegheny County worker explains why he's prepared to lose his job over vaccine requirement. Um, an 11 year Allegheny County employee is prepared to get fired for defying the county's COVID-19 vaccination rules. Shane Shesher, if I said that right. Okay. <laughs> Cool. From Natrona Heights, tried to get an exemption from the COVID-19 vaccine through his request, or though his request was denied. He said he loves his job and worked through the pandemic, but said this is a fight about choice. Shane, we were talking off the camera, man. Um, This is the fight of our lives. This is the greatest threat to our liberty that we've ever seen as Americans. And you cannot consider yourself a person concerned about liberty or freedom if you're not on the side of you know, medical choice. Um, and I think you agree, but before we kind of, you know, go down that rabbit hole, um, how you doing and give a brief introduction of, uh, who you are. Hey man. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on here. Uh, I'm Shane Cheshire. Um, I'm really just average Joe, like all of us. Um, but, uh, I'm a labor. I was a labor at Allegheny County parks, um, for 11 years. I was actually working at Harrison Hills park, uh, before I was terminated. Um, I love my job there. I didn't want to lose it, but uh, this is way bigger than a job. So uh, I have a I have a wife and two two daughters. Um, just trying to raise a family, but uh, trying to raise my daughters in a world that I grew up in, and uh, not not the world that I see right now. So um, other than that, I mean, pretty simple. I'm just a 34 year old guy, um, just uh, seeing what what's happening in the world, and I want to change it. Right. And that's a very, very beautiful thing. And I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but it's an absolute shame that the mainstream, the corporate press and the mainstream media is essentially trying to teach your children that they're walking disease vectors to treat all people as a threat and that they themselves are a threat. I I can't imagine anything worse or more disgusting than that it it sickens me to my core and my fiance and i plan to have children in the uh, coming years but i i I don't want to say i'm necessarily hesitant but i don't want them to live 
in an America that's like this, where they have to feel that they're a potential threat to other people just by existing because of a germ that's lurking around. And, you know, even leaving the science out of it, that's just no psychological way for children to live. It's, it's horrible. And I, I just, it's absolutely appalling to me to think that people are okay with telling their children that, hey, you need to mask up when you're outside by yourself, you're a threat to no one, but, you know, here, comply with this rule because it's going to make, you know, everybody feel better. Um, yeah, you know, how's it been for your kids? Well, uh, you know, um, I, I think they're proud of me, to be honest with you. Uh, they, um, they're proud of the fight. They're proud I didn't give in to, uh, to the, to the man, to a paycheck, to a job. Um, they proud. I didn't, uh, just say, okay, I, I got to do this for you guys so I can keep providing. Um, when you put your faith in, in something bigger than you, uh, I think you get better results. Um, it, the, the kids also, uh, you know, they've been a, a target of the psychological warfare, the spiritual warfare that we're in. Uh, so I actually, I ran for school board in my local school district. Uh, I didn't win because it was a write-in campaign, but I, I was successful to try to get masks off the children because um, obviously kids weren't affected by this virus the way um, the way they wanted to, they're, they're just like pawns in this warfare. Um, and, and I watched um, my children uh, suffer for the past few years and it's really sad um, to, to see all the sadness that they've encountered, um, you know, the, the big change and people didn't even grasp how much we've hurt the children um, in so many different ways. But uh, when you tell somebody, uh, your child that uh, if you don't wear this mask, you're going to kill grandma, that, that freaks them out. They don't have the comprehension to say, oh, that's not right. Like they actually believe that. And that's a really scary thing. Right. And if we want to kind of dive into the science, children are not spreading this. I did a video on this before, but if you look at the CDC's own data, I mean, it's not even 0.1 per 100,000 children that die from this and the children that do die for, uh, from it. I'm very, very sorry about that. But, you know, these children are usually very, very sick. But children clear this virus so fast and they have such a vir low viral load they don't shed that much so therefore they're not you know the main driver of spreading it and on top of that um if they don't have symptoms they don't spread it either and the world health organization and even a study from the um university of east anglia out of japan i believe it is did a study following over 10 million people that said that asymptomatic spread essentially does not happen um jay bodhicharya from stanford university he said the same thing essentially where seven out of 1,000 cases of covid are transferred asymptomatically within the household and symptomatic 17 out of 1,000. so this narrative that children are just these looming threats and they're a pawn and all this it's it's just so sickening and i can't think of anything more anti-human and anti-human flourishing than just to tell the most vulnerable and essentially precious people that are going to form our world you know that they're a threat that's they don't know they don't understand they don't have a big choice in this just because this is the environment that they're getting shoved into um just like you said the psychological warfare that's going on right now is ridiculous and I, like i said before any person who considers themselves somebody concerned with freedom and liberty needs to be on the right side of this and you know vaccine pro-vaccine anti-vaccine regardless i think everybody should agree it should be your choice so um you know, how is it going with your job now? You were let go, correct? 
Yeah, I was um I was term I was informed via email. Well, I was informed verbally, then I was informed via email on Wednesday night. Uh and then I got a, a letter in the mail today that I was terminated. Um and uh it's gonna be filed, uh a union's gonna file a grievance and it will go to arbitration. We'll see where that goes. Uh, then if not, we'll get some legal counsel and fight back because um, I think they opened themselves to a, a pretty good legal fight. I think it's a slam dunk case because uh, they just trampled on constitutional rights, um, the rights that were given to us, not by the government, but uh, by God. If you if you understand the, the creating of how our country was really founded was um, God over government, um, not that we get our liberty or freedom or sovereignty from God. And then the government's main purpose is to protect those rights. So I agree completely and I'm not wholly religious, but um, there is something to be said that our, you know, natural human rights do come from something greater than government. And it is not the government's business to tell us what rights we have and what rights we don't have. Um, those are inherent to property rights and property rights as a libertarian um, are paramount. You know, you own yourself, you own the product of your labor and all basically rights do derive from property rights and you know what is you know what greater claim do you have than the claim to your own body um so when it comes to the vaccine we talked about this a little bit off camera but you're not anti-vaccine you're just pro-choice in this regard yeah 100 percent um i'm not anti-medicine anti-vaccine i would say i i am uh over the years uh become more holistic in a sense um just because every action has a reaction mm -hmm. and obviously witnessing that with this vaccine um, and, and many more uh, medications. Um, but the, the thing that didn't sit right with me about the vaccine is how they touted it, uh, how they attacked this so many way, different ways um, psychologically, uh, how they're dishonest about it and uh, how they hide uh, treatments that actually so, uh, that's there. There was just two and the people that are pushing it, are not very good people to be honest with you mm -hmm. right well i had spike cohen on my podcast is um i kind of told you when we were you know shooting the shit off camera um and he told me and i believe this but the reason why you see such high vaccination rates let's say over in israel or i think sweden he said as well is because they were honest about this vaccine they said hey look this may not stop you from spreading it this may not stop you from getting it but it's here it's free might be effective, might not be. It's yours if you want it, take it or don't. In America, the land of the free, right? It's a shame that we're being lied to. There's this narrative that this vaccine's the be all end all, but then every time a new variant comes out, they pretty much tell you, hey, this isn't going to protect you. So guess what? You need another vaccine. You know, Pfizer's stock goes up a little bit. Pfizer gains, you know, a whole another fat check. And then you know, there's also this weird thing where a lot of uh, congressmen and senators own stock in Pfizer, and I'm not necessarily <laughs> conspiracy minded, but when the whole government, the corporate press um, are all bought in on the narrative that everybody should get this vaccine, regardless of age, sex, gender, overall health, and they all own stock in it, there's something to be said there. And any person with half of a brain could kind of piece together and think that something's going on here beyond just a uh, public health pandemic, which is essentially an endemic now, because as you know, just as well as I do, this virus ain't going anywhere. Well, yeah, two things uh, there. And you made up some really great points. 
Um, the first thing is, if it was working the way it was supposed to be, and this is how you can simply explain to it, you wouldn't have to mandate it. Mm -hmm. If this was the bubonic plague, people would be running to get this vaccine. There is a 99.98 survival rate, and most people aren't going to die from this uh, from this virus. Um, the other telltale sign is what, what you mentioned, the, the unaffected, uh, the children. Um, being targeted now to be vaccinated, um, no matter what anybody says about the vaccine, it is experimental, and we do not know the long-term effects. We especially don't know about it when, when it comes to fertility or um, sterility. Um, so uh, a child that could be vaccinated, uh, it actually provides them, they change the definition of a vaccine in the middle of a pandemic, that it just gives you a better immune response. And that should be a, like a red flag there too. But so we're targeting kids that are the, all the vaccine does now at this point is makes you stronger against the virus. Well, kids are already strong against the virus. They're not going to be affected. So what does the vaccine do for them? Pretty much nothing at all other than po potentially harm them. So um, that's the telltale sign for me when they started focusing on the children. It doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't um, stop infection. So why are we targeting children uh, when we don't have to? So. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, there was a podcast I listened to with a doctor named Peter Atia, and uh, he's a, a longevity doctor, and he's pretty in favor of the vaccine, but he put it in a really, really good way. Um, basically, what he said was that the vaccine reduced your risk by 20 times, right? But okay, so that sounds really good, but let's start breaking that down a little bit. So if your survival rate is already 99.8%, what does that 20 times do? Well, it doesn't really reduce your risk by much at all. But the other end of that equation is what are the adverse effects on you? So if you're a young child and your survival rate is 99.9%, okay, should you really be worried about it? Probably not. If, um, but now we don't know the long-term side effects or even just general effects at all on children with this vaccine because we just started giving it to children. Um, you know, and even going beyond that, children aren't guaranteed to get exposed and get COVID. If you give them the vaccine, they're guaranteed, obviously, to have that vaccine. And I'm not saying, you know, for sure that it's going to hurt them or anything like that, but we just don't know. But we do know that children generally aren't harmed from COVID. So I don't see a strong case for vaccinating children. When you talk about the elderly, people with comorbidities, if they want to get it, by all means, go ahead, get it. Because that 20 times reduction of risk, that might be the difference between life or death for you. For children, I don't think it's the difference between life or death. Even most adults, it's still probably not you know that great of a reduction. But at the end of the day, it should still be your choice. And what they're kind of setting up now is this caste system, where essentially you have a two-tiered society. Certain people have privileges and liberties based on the fact that they took a drug from a pharmaceutical company. You see this in New York, um, that if you're not vaccinated, you can't go into places. And to me, this is just absurd. People are saying, oh, it's like a seatbelt. Well, even that should still be your choice, <laughs> you know? So, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on the uh, kind of going forward with this vaccine passport? Well, I mean, it's that's, I mean, I, 
I, you said you're not holy, but it's the, it's how you implement the mark of the beast system. And I don't associate the vaccine with the mark of the beast, but it is how you implement the system. Um, the vaccine passport's not good for humanity at all. And like you said, it creates a two-tier system of these lepers, of these of diseased people and the, these privileged people. Um, but the, it also is going to create a social credit score and they're not hiding mm -hmm. this. So go, yeah. go and create a carbon emission score and they're not hiding this. And it's also, uh, um, it's also going to create uh, more control. Um, and if you're about liberty, if you're about freedom, it's the last thing you want. Um, when you give up the rights to your body, you give up the rights to everything. Um, when somebody has control over what you put in your body or what you don't put in your body, you're done. You're honestly done. You're giving it all away. So this is the, the fight of our lifetime. Um, there's a lot i get some opposition um but I, I try to let them know when when i fight for freedom it's for them too because someday they really might want the same freedom that i'm fighting for absolutely and how's that old saying go i didn't stick up for the communists because i didn't like the communists i didn't stick up for you know let's say the nazis because i didn't like the nazis but when my time came there's nobody left to stick up for me and that is another beautiful thing that I um, heard you say, you know, not only here, but also in um, your little segment on the news on KDKA is that you're fighting for other people's choices as well. And I think that's the way that we all need to look at it because, you know, like that saying goes, what's going to happen when it's time for you and you didn't stick up for anybody else? You know, we're, we're screwed at that point. So when you get opposition, what is the kind of resistance that you get? And it seems like more people don't favor vaccine passports than do favor them. But, um, you know, what's kind of been your experience? Do people seem like they favor it to you or do people seem like they're against it? And when people give you opposition to your stance, um, what is it like? <laughs> Uh, it's bewildering. It's bewildering a little bit. Um, you know, majority, if you ask somebody, would you agree with mandates? They say no. Um, you know, and when sometimes people get that question mixed up, like, do I like they're vaccinated? Like, okay, I'm not saying like, that's fine. I mean, my grandma's vaccinated. My mom's vaccinated completely cool with me. Like you, you do what you want. Uh, I'm not going to press my beliefs on, onto you on that. I'm just going to press freedom that my, that you have the freedom of choice and nobody um, put that on to you. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy to uh, get the opposition and some of the stuff they say, but it, on, it honestly helps paint the picture that I'm on the right side because the opposition will wish, um, wish death on me. will say, uh, celebrate me losing my job. Um, they'll say, uh, you're not doing what's best for society. Meanwhile, I think I am trying to do what's best for society. Uh, and then they um, they even say like, oh, don't go to the hospital. Don't take up a bed, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I, I just don't understand your thinking. And that's a hateful, um, to me, an evil way of thinking. And that shows to me I'm on the right side. I'm on the good side. I mean, I already kind of knew that anyways, but uh, it helps paint that picture a little bit clearer. So. Nice. And I pray, I pray for those people too. And like I say, I, I told you before, uh, um, when I'm the fights for freedom is sing, it's not singular. Freedom is plural. Freedom is for everyone. So, absolutely. And I think anybody who really is concerned about freedom at the end of the day doesn't look at it as I get to be as irresponsible as I want. I get to do whatever I want. I get to hurt whoever I want. They look at it as everybody deserves these basic freedoms. Everybody deserves to have liberty and choice over what they put into their body, what they do, so long as it's not harming anybody else. And 
that is it's so disgusting that we got into the point where people would do something like that. I was uh, in a customer's car and I'm a mechanic for a living. And I was listening to or uh, they had the Howard Stern show on. Right. And they were talking about the Kiss Cruise. And it, it was funny that I caught this right at this time. Gene Simmons had said, if you're unvaccinated, you are an enemy. You do not have the right to spread disease. And regardless of your rights, which are delusional. And then Howard Stern went and agreed with him. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like, you literally just called a whole group of people the enemy over <laughs> a medical decision. It's jarring to me and it's appalling. And I hate to make the comparison to, you know, Nazi Germany or, you know, communist regimes, but this is kind of how it starts when you go down this line of making these distinctive lines of who's an enemy and who's not, who's a friendly. Um, it can get bad real fast. We're we're at that we're at that fork. It's gonna go left or it's gonna go right. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go freedom or it's gonna go tyranny. Um, I do think the people will ultimately want freedom and they're waking up to it. Um, it we're also facing the great reset. I mean, they, these leaders said it out loud. That's no rabbit. That's no conspiracy anymore. Um, but what you said I, and, and the delusion. There is a real delusion. Gene Simmons is worried about us saying we shouldn't have uh, me uh, saying I shouldn't have rights. But saying, um, saying, think about that uh, a little bit more critically. So he's protected, right? The vaccination, right? He should be fine. But he's worried about me and me being unvaccinated. So what's his vaccine actually doing at the end of the day? It's, it's a literal psychosis. Um, if you're protected, then why do I have to be protected to protect you? It, and, and nobody can really honestly answer that question. Um, obviously, it doesn't prevent transmission or infection. Um, so when somebody says I'm unvaccinated, I can still, so I'm going to spread you the disease. Like, well, I can still spread you the disease if I'm vaccinated as well. As some people made the argument, well, you'll give me a greater viral. Well, if you actually look at statistics, sometimes vaccinated people have a greater viral. They're, they're, they're passing along. So it's just, it's just honestly, it's crazy. Crazy. Psychosis, like you said, delusional. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. And it's so odd to me where they want you to believe in this vaccine 100%, but everything they do says the exact opposite. Like, hey, go get vaccinated, but still wear your mask. Still be careful. Still socially distance. Um, let's still take these measures. It's like I said, it's like a, a complete show of no confidence in their solutions. If you want people to get vaccinated, like I was saying earlier, if you're honest with people, people will do it because generally the free market works, right? If people see that this product works and they believe in that product, they're going to take it, they're going to use it, and you know we'll, we'll move on and the market will determine whether or not it works. Um, right now we're kind of seeing it doesn't really work. You know, they keep talking about these new variants and they don't seem to help with any of the new variants. Natural immunity seems to help with these variants, but you can't talk about that because, well, that doesn't pot or uh, pad the uh, pocketbook of uh, Pfizer, Moderna or Johnson and Johnson, which is, uh, you know, it's it's just ridiculous, man. I, I I don't think anybody would have thought in 2019 that the Wuhan Weezer we were hearing about <laughs> would uh, would come over and be doing all this. Like, this is just, it's madness, dude. It's, it's freaking madness. 
Yeah, I mean, think about how we can't, how far we come in two years. And uh, another telltale sign that's really not working the way it's most supposed to work is um, 2020, last year with a no vaccine, and 2021, a year with a vaccine, we have almost 100,000 more deaths, according to the statistics. Um, so you have to say at some point, like, science is meant to be questioned. And for some reason, this science can't be questioned. Um, that's a red flag. Um, science is ever changing, but they, they act like science, is, uh, science has already been determined. Um, no, science, if you, they're like, they believe in like scientism almost in a sense. Um, and it, it's not real science. Uh, science is meant to be uh, hypothesized and questioned. And, um, and that's how you figure it out. So uh, the fact that it's not allowed to be questioned is, it's just like, like, here we go. Like, this is, there's something going on here. There's some, there's something more at play. And obviously it's, uh, uh, money, um, but uh, obviously there's more agendas in there too, like power and control. So, absolutely, and you see this in the rhetoric being spewed by Dr. Fauci when he says, "I am the science," and um, you know, people who criticize me are criticizing the science. And one of the probably the greatest senator who ever lived, Senator Rand Paul, son of the great Ron Paul. It, it's funny when things happen, and he spars with him. Everybody kind of jokes, you know, and says, oh, Rand Paul's just being Rand Paul. But then like a week or two pass and then the whole news goes quiet about it. And then surely enough, everything starts coming up and oh, well, look, Rand Paul was right. And we see this with the whole gain of function conversation where initially it was I didn't uh, I didn't fund gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. And then all of a sudden it became I didn't fund gain of function research at the Wuhan lab of that kind. It's moving the goalpost just a little bit at a time because as soon as you get your ass nailed on one point, then you could just move it just a little bit and the corporate press will carry the water for him all the way. And every time he's on the news, what do they do? They throw him softballs. Do you think this is fair? Do, you know, they're, they're criticizing you. They're launched all these investigations. Are you just a scapegoat? They never throw on the hard questions like, well, what about this gain of function research? No one's saying that you made COVID-19, but there's definitely an oddity here when you funded gain of function research at the Wuhan coronavirus lab, and then all of a sudden we get a pandemic. Like, once again, nobody's saying that you made it, but you could see where people might question, you know, your ethics and how this kind of came about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the whole thing, I can't believe this guy is still leading our fight against the pandemic. It is like, it is be, I, I said the world bewildering. It's shocking. It's like insane to me that this guy possibly who helped create the pandemic is still leading the fight against the pandemic. Um, and it's like, well, well are we going to do something about this? Can we at least uh, really look into this and um, what's, what's happening why isn't there? Why aren't the corporate press asking the real the real questions? Like you said, um, it, this guy is never wrong. He never admits when he's wrong. 
and like you said, he loves to move the goalpost. Um, he and he's always changing his mind. Um, mask, no mask. Uh, if we get sixty percent, seventy percent vaccinated, we'll be good. Uh, you know, just so on and so forth. And it's just like when you don't, when your stuff doesn't add up, you dude, you're lying. And he's lying. He's been lying for a long time. And he's, you know what? For some reason, his little thing with the AIDS epidemic back in uh, the 80s, that went under hush hush too. And he made it through five administrations. You have to be some type of corrupt to make it through five political uh, presidential administrations. So uh, this guy's track record is no good either. And uh, not to get too, too conspiracy, but in 2019 or 2018, he did mention about a surprise pandemic happening uh, pretty soon. So, and that's on video. You can find that. So that's not me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's, there's a lot of things to be questioned here. And a year ago, I'm sure you saw there was just so much censorship going on around people just asking questions, legitimate questions. Um, the lab leak theory was a big thing initially last year. Um, they said that it came from a bat, but um, when you kind of do research into the supposed bat that it came from, they said it was in wet markets. Um, but those bats specifically that they're talking about, I think were 900 miles from that lab. So what's more likely, a bat somehow went 900 miles or they traveled a bat, traveled with a bat 900 miles to the coronavirus lab to research it and then COVID-19 happened or did the coronavirus lab kind of fuck around and find out, <laughs> you know, you'd be, you'd be called a conspiracy theorist though, back early 2020, if you said this is a lab leak, but now they're openly talking about it. And, you know, it, it's not like they're ever going to walk it back and say, well, you know, maybe those people were right. It, it's, it's messed up, man. It's, it's, it's fucked up. <laughs> It's another reason I'm just not trusting in what's happening um, because there's just too many red flags, too many uh, questions in the air. And like you said, the censorship was another big thing. Like, to be honest with you, I wasn't um, politically driven. I wasn't even paying attention until till COVID shook me. And I was like, what the heck's going on? Something's happening in our world. Something don't sit right with me. Uh, and then, you know, the news was being weird. Everybody was acting differently. I could see their their propaganda, their fear machine was working like, unbelievably um a real quick story i the day before they put the mandate in pennsylvania governor wolf uh i was in walmart and nobody had a mask on well the next day everybody in walmart had a mask on but i didn't and people were looking at me like i was gonna kill them and i and i get it it was scary at that time nobody knew what was happening but like that's how quick the fear got to everybody and it's how quick it just somebody told you something and they instantly listened without questioning it and that's a scary thing people just i mean i get it trust your government but this uh this uh should be a telltale sign that we shouldn't be trusting our government right now because something's not everything's not matching up so absolutely um two things to add on to that um when they instituted the state of emergency in pittsburgh i remember my fiance and i were at fog of the child down in pittsburgh and uh you know, just enjoying steak and had a little cocktail with me. And then we both got a text message. We both looked at our phone and said, Pittsburgh just instituted a state of emergency. And I remember kind of looking around. I'm like, everything still seems pretty normal to me. (laughs) And little did I know life as it was, was going to be changed like drastically. At first I'm kind of like, okay, well, you know what? I don't agree with lockdowns at all, but I can forgive the two weeks to slow the spread because okay we don't know what we're dealing with we don't know how bad this is going to be 
I'll grant that. And then as more and more data came out and as things kind of went on, I think me, just like you and everyone else kind of woke up and said, something's not right. And that's when a lot of people realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't trust the government. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people have been woken up by this and a lot of people kind of see the fraud for what it is. I'm very, very optimistic going into the future. And people may think I'm a little crazy for that, but I don't think the appetite for the regime, the COVID regime and the government right now, what they're trying to push, I don't think the appetite's there for it. I read an article where they said they surveyed 800 people, which is hilarious. And I'll explain why here in a second, but uh, they surveyed 800 people and said, well, Americans are split on COVID mandates, 50-50. Do you really think 800 people represent 330 million people across America? I don't think so. Everybody that I know who's vaccinated and my general circle and people I spend the most time with kind of lean right just because, you know, you don't see many <laughs> – you know, leftist Democrats working inside auto shops and, and not that I necessarily have a problem with them, but it's just, you know, the nature of the business. Um, I don't think people really have an appetite for lockdowns. I don't think people have an appetite for vaccine mandates. So that really gives me optimism about what's going to happen in the next two to three years is that people are going to reject what's being given to them. And we see that with inflation, vaccine mandates. Um people just are not hungry for this they don't want this they want you know 2019 back even though there was still plenty of work to be done people don't want to live like this forever it's just not desirable and it's not sustainable either no i i completely agree and yeah i what you said like too like you said you have optimism i have the same optimism i don't know if if I would have been able to fight, if I didn't have that optimism that, uh, that we can make a change and that the people want to change, who would, who really does want this life? Like the way it is. Um, you know, the one thing I will say about Americans though, is they're spoiled and they're selfish. They don't get it. Like they just don't get it. Like the way the Euro Europeans get it. I don't know if you pay attention, but there is mass, mass protest. And, and I feel like America, the, the land of the free, liberty, life, pursuit, happiness, you know, the pursuit of happiness, they should, we should understand that more than anybody, but we're, we're so spoiled. We don't understand what it's like to be, have our rights trampled on. And now they are being trampled on. And that does push people to, to wake up. So I, I'm honestly kind of hopeful that, um, you know, this never ending circle. And if they start to push lockdowns that people are going to say, whoa, like, okay, we've done this vax. I got my vaccines. I've wore my mask and we're not getting out of it. You know, maybe we need to do something else. Maybe we need to start pushing back against, uh, against the government that's trying to, uh, never end the circle and, and ultimately take out small businesses and, t and, and just move into a, a big, bigger totalitarian regime, you know? Absolutely. And like I said, it seems like you share the same optimism that people just are not going to tolerate this anymore. Um, we've kind of lived this life for the last 20 years, kind of ever since the early 2000s when the stock market bubble crashed. Um, they pushed interest rates super low, so it was very, very easy for people to get money very, very cheaply. So you know, you could get a low interest rate mortgage with a teaser rate, and you could afford a house that you wouldn't normally be able to afford. You get a nice car for low interest rate. You could borrow on credit cards for super cheap. And every time you know the bubble would start to get bigger and bigger and bigger and pop, 
you know, they would never fix the initial problem, which was the low interest rates, right? So then the housing market crash happens in 2008. Bubble pops, what do they do? Push interest rates lower, hand everybody a bunch of free money. Well, then what happens? Trump, to his credit, called this out as a candidate. And I'm not a Trump guy at all. And I'll explain here a little bit as to why. But he called this all out correctly as a candidate. He said, look, the stock market's a bubble. The economy's a bubble. If interest rates go up, it's all going to come tumbling down. He was spot on as a candidate. And 2020 happened, right? Interest rates are at virtually 0%. They're at about, I think, maybe 1% to 2%. So that's still incredibly low. It's incredibly easy to get money. And what happened? COVID came around. The pin. COVID's the pin. Or uh, yeah, COVID's the pin. Our economy, everything that's going on in the U.S., including people's health, it was a bubble. And what happened? COVID was the bubble, or uh, COVID was the uh, pin that pricked the bubble, and our whole economy came tumbling down. And I don't think that they can do another, you know, lower interest rates again and hand everybody free money because we're seeing the, you know, we're seeing all the inflation coming from Trump's presidency now. All the free money that was handed out to people. Now we're seeing the spending go up under a Democrat president, you know, shocker, <laughs> but um, we're seeing all the spending happening. So the inflation that we're seeing now is what we're paying for the stimulus we got last year. And I can't imagine what we're in for in the next, you know, three to four years. It's, it's not looking good, but people recognize this and people don't want more of the same. That's why people don't like Kamala Harris. People don't like Joe Biden, you know, 28% for Kamala Harris approval rating. That's because she's a lizard person and nobody likes her. She's a transparently horrible human being. She's pretty much Hillary Clinton. If she was black, you know, it's, it sounds fucked up to say, but that's why nobody likes her. She, she has no charisma and Joe Biden's a walking freaking corpse that has no solutions for anything. So people don't want this. People want life as it once was, but they want a real economy. They want to be able to save. They want to be able to send their kids to college without sending them into mountains of debt. You know, the America that was back in the, you know, even 40s, 50s, up to the 80s when we had trade surpluses, when we sent stuff to the world instead of sending the world paper and then we get goods. People want you know, the America that our grandparents grew up in. That's kind of the way that I see it. And I think that a lot of people are waking up that we're not the great America that we once were and people want to get back to that. Absolutely. Uh, we, the, the, you, free money is not a real thing. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't just print money and think there's not going to be, uh, like I said earlier, every action has a reaction. Yeah. And we're, we are starting to see the uh, just the beginning of it. Um, it's it's going to get worse if we continue to uh, do this. And these infrastructure bills that they're doing, these uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about these uh, green new deals. Um, it's uh, to me, it's a fallacy. Uh, it's they, it's absolutely a fallacy. I, I've uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, if you ever want to learn more about this, Alex Epstein is a great author who wrote a lot about um, fossil fuels and he wrote a book called The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Basically, I'll um, kind of wrap this up real quick, but um, the temperature has risen about one degree Fahrenheit over the last 150 years. And how have we managed climate and climate deaths? Um, we use fossil fuels to protect ourselves from that, right? We heat our homes and do that to protect ourselves from the climate and climate related deaths over the last 100 years have gone down like 99%. So if that's any indicator of how the climate change deal is going, <laughs> it's, 
there's clearly ulterior motives. It's not because they think you're killing goldfish, babies, and trees. There's something else going on. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, oh, that's yeah. just to I your mean, point. Yeah, I mean, it was like what 30, 40 years ago they said the the world was going to freeze uh, and not not heat up to death. Um, yeah. You know, uh, one thing, one problem with the uh, the how they 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 um, gauge that that temperature is they usually take that temperature in an urban atmosphere, like where there's asphalt and stuff like that, and you're not you're when you put your step on asphalt in the middle of the summer then step on the grass in the middle of the summer it's two different things right mm -hmm. um so when you're taking that temperature in the middle of a city uh that temperature is going to be a little bit higher than if you would take that temperature in the middle of a forest um mm -hmm. and that's that that that's part of the problem they do um actually a very smart man that told me that uh that i didn't know about that um his name's dr doug frank and he's a physicist and obviously he's um i don't know if you've heard anything else about him but he's no. uh He's worked on COVID and data and stuff, and then he worked on election data and stuff like that. Um, he's okay, a very smart man. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, honestly, uh, the money we're spending, all the things we're doing right now, I think is for the demise of America. I think it is to set up a, I, mean, I don't want to sound too crazy, but I think it's to sound, set up a, a, a one uh, global system, to, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, and they've talked about it. Leaders have talked about it. The Pope has talked about it. So uh, Justin Trudeau has talked about it. Australia's prime minister has talked about mm -hmm. it. Um, so and and what you see in other countries and what they're doing, that that's part of a globalist uh, regime. Australia is scary to death. And that could mm -hmm. happen here. Their government set up very similar. It's very similar to ours. It just doesn't have the checks and balances and um, the constitution that we have. So. All right. Absolutely. And it's it's terrifying to see that. Um, literally, Canada and Australia are essentially fascistic regimes where you literally cannot leave your house if you're unvaccinated. It's literally a caste system. These people do not have basic human liberties because they refuse to take a um, you know an experimental jab from pharmaceutical companies. It's it's unbelievable. And I think if you would have told anybody back in 2019 that people would be locked in their homes in Australia, um, people would have laughed you out of the freaking room. But then now it's like, you know, I don't want to say you take it for granted, but it's like you're not entirely shocked. But this is this is horrible. And like you said, it could happen here. But kind of to move it to an optimistic note i don't think people have the patience for it i don't think people want that i don't think people are going to sit down and take that degree of this um i think we're willing to fall for it once but you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice and i don't think people are willing to be fooled twice at all no i completely concur uh yeah and I mean, like I said, I had to be shaken to understand what the heck was happening. And uh, I think people are being shaken every day. I mean, there's people um, that thought if they do everything that they said, we'd be okay. And here they are. They're like, holy crap, it didn't work. And mm -hmm. here, here, here continues the circle. Um, yeah, I, if you would have told me two years ago that there was going to be some story about Australia where three people ex ex uh, escaped a, a COVID camp, a quarantine camp, like freaking nazi stuff like what are we talking about and then they had a war a, a, a manhunt for these people like they were like some <laughs> some terrible people i'm like this is straight out of the book of 1984 um i can't believe i was allowed to read that book in school actually now you're not allowed now you're not allowed to read that book in school but yeah you read the book 1984 there's a lot of parallels i mean honestly yeah yeah it's it's incredibly disturbing and 
I've read and researched a lot about totalitarian regimes and the way that it works is that they push you just a little bit beyond what you're comfortable at. And then you say, stop, you object, right? But then they back up, but you already took a step back and then they do it again. You take one more step back and it's never all at once. And you see this happening with the COVID regime right now, where back six months ago, they floated out the idea of vaccine passports and everybody raised hell about it, right? But then they realized they don't have an appetite for that. Well, then they push it back. Now, what do they do? Well, we're going to, you know, put this on businesses. We're going to say, if you have over hundred employees, you have to mandate the vaccine, right? Well, that's a little bit more of a subtle way to, you know, implement this vaccine mandate by making employers do it. And let me go on record if I haven't already, which I probably have on Twitter and on my podcast here. I am through and through a libertarian. I believe in the non-aggression principle, but look, if you think it's okay for businesses to take, you know, the rule from the government and say that, you know, they have to enforce this vaccine mandate, that a private business isn't, you know, an enemy because they're just listening to the government, then I don't think you're a principled libertarian or that you believe in what we call the non-aggression principle. We should be opposed to this no matter what. I don't care if it's a private business asking that. We're into, you're looking at it in a vacuum. If you just say, oh, well, it's a private business mandating the vaccine. They can do what they want. The government is telling them they have to do this. There is no other way to look at this, in my opinion. I don't care if it's not perfectly libertarian. You know, call me Dick Cheney. I don't care. <laughs> this the only way to look at this is the government is overstepping its boundary. The government has no right to tell a business or a person what they can or cannot do with their own property. And that includes telling people that they have to get a medical procedure in order to operate their own business. That is a violation of the non-aggression principle because you are now putting a gun to somebody's head, right? If these people refuse to comply with this rule, then they will be toted off to jail if they don't want to pay a fine. And if you ask me, I'm not going to pay the fine for a vaccine mandate that I shouldn't have to enforce. And this kind of circles back nicely to um, your story here. You know, you should not have to comply with this. And it, it takes balls, man. It takes a leader. And people are waiting for this you know people want to see that one person who's just not wearing the mask and then they realize well maybe i could do this too people are waiting for that person to stand up and say we're not doing this and i want to thank you for being that guy and for willing to take a stand especially after a job of 11 years that you used to provide for your family i mean that's devastating in my mind i've you know been out in the workforce now for probably about 12 or so years. And it's jarring for me to think that I could lose my job over vaccine mandates. So like I said, I can't imagine being in your position and it's incredibly admirable that you took a stand for freedom. And I think that if we had more people like you doing that, then the COVID regime would evaporate virtually overnight. Well, I, you, you, you hit it so nicely there and I, I can't thank you enough. You, uh, he actually made the hair raise on the back of my neck for a second there. But it takes one act of defiance to start a revolution, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and um, I knew this was way bigger than me or you or anything else. This, and it was way bigger than a job. So I just knew in my convictions that what was happening is wrong. 
And you're not supposed to go along with something that's wrong. You're supposed to stand up for what's right. And even um, being complicit, it, it, being complacent is com being complicit now. Um, being silent about this stuff is is being complicit now. Um, we've gone too far to where you can't just uh, look the other way. You got to start saying something, saying this is wrong. Um, you know, uh, I didn't ask for this fight, but I'm glad it came to my doorstep because I was ready to take it on. Um, God has prepared me for this in many ways. Uh, I, I coach a constitution class. Um, um, it's 10 week course. Uh, I, I don't teach it. I coach it. Um, but it's, it taught me about my rights and how this country was built and how amazing this country really is. If you really understand the true history of our country, uh, it has black eyes, but what doesn't have black eyes? Do any of us have a perfect history? Absolutely not. No, nothing is, but that's, you learn from your mistakes and you get better. So that's why uh, I know what, I, I was, um, I was always jealous of uh, military people because not jealous, but like, I, I, I can never match up to their service and not what I'm doing. I, 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 they put their lives on the line, but if I have to put my livelihood on the line for the sake of our freedom, for the sake of our liberty, I'll, I'll definitely do it. And I, and that's why I was willing to lay it down because I, I knew uh, if we lose this fight, we're going to, uh, we're going to lose, we lose this war. We're going to lose it forever. Uh, we don't ever, ever get these freedoms back if we give it to them. So uh yeah, it, it's been uh, it's been pretty crazy. Um, it's definitely crazy to lose your um, job three weeks before Christmas when you have little girls and stuff like that. But uh, we're gonna be okay. Uh, I decided to put my faith in in something bigger. I put my faith in God and not in man and not in a paycheck. So um, here we are, and now I'm talking to you. And I think it's just a wonderful thing. I just to me, I just feel like it's God moving every day. So. I couldn't think of a better note to end it on, man. And one more time, I want to thank you for fighting for our freedom. I'm going to put this everywhere I can. and I'm going to try and get it in the hands of as many, you know, big mouth, loud libertarians and Republicans that I can to support you in your fight and others in their fight against the tyranny that's coming to us. Um, I'm glad that you're as optimistic as I am, because I think when people hear this, they're going to feel the same way and they're going to feel like it's now their duty to stand up as well. So one more time. Thanks, man. Is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Oh, man, I mean, if uh, if you're if you've been uh, invigorated by my courage, man, please uh, don't don't take it lightly. Uh, take it to heart and stand up with me. Uh, we're power in numbers. Um, we cannot be defeated. We the people do run this country. This is a self-government. Uh, this has shook me to get involved in things like this and, and fight back. And it's how we get our country back is getting involved. We were asleep at the wheel and they woke up a sleeping giant and we're never going back to sleep. And uh, I'm glad to be part of this movement. Um, and I think when you, they boil, they, they separate us on so many different simple things. But when, when you really boil it down, we all want the same thing. We want, we want life, we want liberty, and we want the pursuit of happiness. We want freedom and we want to provide for, our, be able to go out into a free market and provide for our families and, and, and just, uh, and just be in a country, uh, be in a country that it, it really just uh, stands up for, for the greatest things in the world, you know? So that's what, that's, that's my plug. So awesome. I, I really, I thank you for having me on here. I, I thank you for helping me um, spread my message. And I'm so ha happy that you, uh, you agree with my message of freedom and who, who really, if you have a brain, I don't, I don't think yet you, you can disagree with it. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm glad that I was able to get you on. It was pretty last minute and I'm glad that you were uh, flexible enough to come on here. Um, like I said, I'm going to get this out there and hopefully a lot of people hear this and 
hopefully this could help turn the tide because I think it will. And I think this message um, is definitely ripe for the taking as the great Ron Paul once said, um, an idea whose time has come will be ready to go something along those lines. But regardless, <laughs> the, the time has come and I'm glad that um, you're out there fighting for it. And I'll be right there beside you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.